Awesome. Welcome this weekend, Faith Promise Church. <laughs> Woo! All of our campus, we are super stoked to see you guys. Men, uh, God buying bars, we love you guys, man. I can't wait to get back to be with you guys at both of our campuses. All of our campuses, welcome this week. We love you. It's just incredible to have you. Uh, if you're new or you've not, you heard Brittany talk about our next steps. By the way, Faith Promise, next steps is your next step. This weekend, you and I are going to uh, get in my truck via video. We're going to go to the gym, God's gym. And we're going to look at the disciplines and the doors, the secret to spiritual growth in your life and the things that God is calling out for you to do so that you can be closer. So if you haven't been uh, at 615 at Pellissippi, you could stick around or 1130 at all of our campuses on Sunday morning. Uh, all of those are open to you. I just want to encourage you to go. It's week two. Dive in there. You will be thrilled that you did. All right. We began a spiritual warfare series. When I met with our credit team and I laid out what I had in mind, this is what they said. Pastor, that is a bait and switch. Because what you're talking about is not spiritual warfare. You're going to tell them it's spiritual warfare. It's not going to be. And let me tell you why. Because when we think of spiritual warfare, we think of the exorcist. Somebody spins, head spinning around, on, come on, spitting up a little holy water. Y'all know what I'm talking about? That when we think of spiritual warfare, we think of demonic attack, we think of strongholds, we think of deliverance, and all those things are true and right. There's no question about that. But the fact remains that there are a plethora of other ways that the enemy engages and attacks you to keep you from God's best in your life. And as Christ followers, we are clearly commanded that we are not to be ignorant of the schemes that he has against us. And Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10 through 12 says this, Finally, brethren, be strong in the Lord. Listen, we don't need wimps spiritually, amen? We need strong. We'd be strong in the Lord and the strength of his might. Put on the full armor of God that you, so you'll be able to do what? To stand against the what? Schemes. You can't stand against them if you don't know what they are. So I'm going to give you one of the greatest attacks the enemy levies against us. Be against the schemes of the devil. For our struggle, our battle is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers and against powers and world's forces of darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in heavenly places. The war that we fight is not against your ex. It's not against your neighbor, it's not against your boss, it's not against the Republicans or the Democrats, it's not against whether or not we build or do not build a wall. That is not the spiritual warfare. The warfare we fight is against principalities and powers and rulers of wickedness in heavenly places. Does that make sense? So let me give you one of the greatest weapons that the enemy has unleashed on all of us. We're gonna go all the way back to Genesis chapter three, to Satan's first attack on our great, 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 great grandparents. Now this, this attack that happened in Genesis chapter three is still the enemy's favorite weapon. Are you, are you with me? But few saints see it. Somehow saints are short-sighted when it comes to this attack. And this is what we do. Here's the deal. It is doubting what God has really said. Did God really say, did God really mean, or is there a shadow of doubt as to whether I really need to do this or not? And concluding, he didn't really 
mean it. Are you with me? We have done that either consciously or subconsciously. God really didn't mean that. Now, almost all of us have heard the story, whether you grew up in church or not, of Adam and Eve, of the genesis of God made a man and woman, put him in a garden. It's cool. They're naked all the time. Don't even realize. It's incredible. And then in slithers the serpent and ruins paradise with a simple question. So let's go to Genesis chapter three. Now the serpent was more crafty than any beast of the field with the Lord God has made. And he said to the woman, now by the way, do you think when you read your Bible, two of you, that's why you're not growing the rest of us. And the, and the serpent said to the woman, have you ever wondered what Eve thought when, when the snake, by the way, walked in? The snake didn't slither in. The snake didn't, wasn't put on his belly until after the fall and God cursed him and said, now you'll slither on the ground. But what was Eve thinking when the snake walked in and began to talk? Did all the animals talk before the fall? Do you, I'm again, you, do you think when you read your Bible or some of you, have you read the story so many times you just roll right through them? Are you with me? This Bible's incredible if you read it and your eyes are open. The beast of the field which the Lord had got him in. And he said to the woman, <laughs> that's just funny to me. Indeed has God said. Right there is the first satanic attack on mankind doubting what God said. Indeed did God really say that you shall not eat of the tree of the knowledge in the garden? And the woman said to the serpent from the tree, she quotes God. She quotes scripture. This was smart on her part. From the fruit of the trees of the garden, we may eat, but from the fruit of the tree, which is in the middle of the garden, God has said, you shall not eat of it or touch it or you will die. Now, let me ask you a question. Are you, if you're listening to Sam, whose garden was it? It was God's garden. This is, part of the, this is part of what happened. See, Adam and Eve were stewards of God's garden. They believed if they ate the fruit, it would then become their garden. And they wouldn't have to steward for God anymore. It'd be all theirs. Think of how much stuff we think is ours that really, own, that really God owns. This make, are you with me? We could stop and camp out right here, couldn't we? Come on, this thing is rich. You shall, and, and so the serpent said to the woman, you shall surely not die. First, did God really say, and if he said it, he really didn't mean it. You're not gonna die. You're not, for God knows that in the day you eat, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God. You'll be the owner. This will be yours. Nobody will tell you what to do, knowing good and evil. Then the woman saw that the tree was good for food. It was a delight to the eyes, and the tree was desirable to make one wise. So she took from the fruit and ate it and gave it to her loser husband. That's Hebrew, by the way. She gave it to her husband with her, and he what? What a chump. Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they knew that they were what? Boy, did they blow it. <clears throat> and they sewed fig leaves together and they made themselves loin coverings. And what they do? They ran and hid from God. 
This is what Satan still does to us. By the way, if you missed last weekend, I want you to go back and get it because last weekend laid a foundation for this weekend's message on supernatural love. Did y'all guys enjoy Sunday showdown? Are you with me? Wasn't that, wasn't that incredible? It was awesome. All the campuses did a, did a, 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 a great job. Now remember, there were, there were the rookies against the veterans, three campuses against three campuses, and the winners were not the ones that preached the best. The winners were the, were the greatest increase in attendance the week before to the week of Sunday showdown. It was close. It was less than a point. Less than a point. But I'm here to tell you that the veterans won again. Come on. <laughs> Veterans once again, but you guys did an incredible job bringing people. It was a great weekend. Great job by our campus pastors. And they really began last week at what we wanted to cover this weekend. So we want to keep the excitement, the momentum following the feeling rolling, not just through January, but in February, but all the way through 2019. Is that right? because we wanna follow the feeling. So let's just invite God. Father, we come to you now. We so are so desperate for a move of you. God, we recognize that we are impotent and incapable of anything without you, but with you, we are capable of all things. And so God, I pray for all nine campuses right now, God, that you will give a fresh baptism of unconditional love that you will help us follow the feeling every day that we will be emptied of the crud of this world, but we will receive the breath of God and we will exhale your love on everybody that we come in contact with. So God, we ask you to do what only you can do supernaturally. Show us now what you said and what you want and that God, you really didn't mean it. In Jesus' name we pray and all God's people said, all right, so we're asking God for a fresh, by the way, even since December, I've been praying for you for a fresh filling of the Holy Spirit that we would walk in that. Now, this is, this is clear. God is clear in this, that, that God in his commands, that he won't be on a shot of it out, God wants us to obey his commands. Y'all believe that? Y'all believe that? It, he, is, he, he, he wants us to obey. Look at John 13, 34, and 35. We used this last weekend. Uh, Pastor Josh and Pastor Zach, a new commandment I give you that you what? That you what? Love one another, even as I have loved you, that you also love one another. Now, again, I, I thought Josh did an incredible job last weekend. God had already told us 4,000 years before this we were to love. So what makes this different? Why don't you look at the difference? He said the greatest commandment, love God, love your neighbors yourself. Look what he said. A new commandment that I give you, that you love one another even as I have loved you. That's the new part. Love that we're commanded to love is not new, but that we're commanded to love like Jesus loved, that's a whole nother level. That's a whole nother. And by this, men will know that you're my disciples if you have what? Love one for another. So it is clear, did God mean that? Did he really mean it? Are we called and commanded to do it? But so many of us say, come on, pastor, God doesn't mean everybody. I mean, not everybody, not the terrorists, not, not, people, not, not, not lawbreakers, not Republicans, not Democrats. Come on, they're people you automatically hate. 
And depending on which news station you watch, I can tell you which group you hate. Are you with me? We don't even have to know them and we hate them. You ever pulled up behind somebody and have the whole back of their car cover of bumper stickers and think, start reading them and think, oh my goodness, they're going to hell. Come on, come on, am I the only one? Come on, listen, we've done it. That, is that the love of Jesus? No, but so we say he didn't really mean it, therefore I really don't have to do it. I'm off the hook. That's, that's literary, that's not literal. No, it is a command. See, did Adam and Eve blow it? Has it hurt all of us? If you've been around church long, you've heard this. First thing I'm gonna do how to get to heaven is knock Adam out. Why? Every death, every divorce, every sin, every cancer, every problem, every pain, every hurt, every evil was unleashed on us because Adam and Eve didn't obey God. And through their DNA came to us that we also were born sinners. Are you with me? And because of their sin, we live in a cursed world. It was a perfect garden and it was cursed. The world was cursed because of what they did. Are you with me? So the next time somebody says, why do bad things happen? You can say, I found out at church. It was Genesis chapter three. Our great-grandparents screwed the pooch and we're all paying for it. <laughs> and you just go ahead and tell them, I now know. This isn't the deal. But are we all paying the price? Now, if we don't love like Jesus loved, who will pay the price? People that don't know God, people that know you, people that are around you. So see, we, we can look back at Adam and even say, why did you do it? Okay, we can't get an answer. How about go ahead and asking us, why don't we do it? Why don't we obey? Why don't we love each other like Christ loved the church? No, I got it. This is easy preaching and really hard living. That's why it absolutely takes the power of the Holy Ghost in your life. An extraordinary, extreme baptism of love for you to walk in this. Let me read you. God sort of, this is, this is my journal from December because I was struggling with this in December. This is just, this is just my prayer. I'm just writing this out to God. Another incredible day you've made. I'll be grateful in you and for it. You who are Abba, I love you, God, with all my heart and soul and mind, da, da, da. I want to love my neighbors as myself. Remember we were in the series, Who's Your Neighbor? I want to love people regardless of how they respond, reject, or react. I want to have hesed, which is the Hebrew word that we don't even translate. It is unfailing, unconditional love that, that the Pharisees said, we can't even show. The only way to show somebody hesed is they have to be dead. So they couldn't do anything back for you. I guess that's just not me. I get hurt. I get disappointed. I get critical. I get judgmental and even become a Pharisee at times. I repent of that. Holy Ghost, please fill me with love and humility, with hesed. And as Christ left a responsibility in my job and my calling in my heart to love and show faith promise how to love like Jesus. And I wrote that sometimes I demonize those people that leave faith promise. Because man, I get, I get destroyed sometimes when people leave. Master, you faced all I, have, all I have and exponentially more. Yet Father, forgive them was your response. 
This is a love beyond my grasp. I want that love, yet it is not what I've shown. Help me with a fresh baptism of agape. No question, this is your will for me and for faith promise. And they will know you're my disciples when you have love one for another. Unity proves that the Father sent the Son, John 17. I have so far to go and so much more to grow. Am I hitting my lid of emotional maturity, of love, of security? In the seven letters to the Revelation churches, you had a rebuke for each one of the churches. What is mine? What is fake promises? I need a Jehovah Perizim breakthrough. Only you are able. Just in Ephesians 5.18, but if you can feel the spirit, I'm passive and you're active. It requires your unction, your power, and your moving. Not sure how you work it. Would you release more power, a fresh baptism, an immersion, and let the Holy Ghost rise up in me? I surrender and I submit control. You take the left seat of my heart. I'm just laying my heart out before God because I wanna do John 13, 34, and 35. And yet we just deal with people. And when some people leave faith promise, I understand, I, I take it personally. This is my family. Are y'all with me? And when people leave, I don't understand. Why my dad leaving when I was three years old, I don't understand why people would leave this incredible congregation. So I'm disappointed, I'm hurt, sometimes I'm mad. Because sometimes when people leave, they feel like it's their God gave a commission to take everybody they can with them. Are you with me? See, they leave and, and they want to take all their small group and they want to go somewhere else because they're mad about something or something's happened. And I say, man, with your family, you don't, you don't leave your family. Crap, you work it out. Amen? Well, let's go to church down the street. Where, where is that in the Bible? Are you with me? See, if we love each other like Christ loved the church, we're not going to get mad and leave and go to another church down the street. We're going to sit down like grown people and say, hey, I have an issue. Could, I got an email this morning. Somebody mad. I say, hey, I'd love to meet with you this week. I had two emails in the last couple of days of people that are mad. Hey, I'd love to meet with you this week. Let's sit down. Let's, let's tell me why you're mad. You can just puke all over me. It'll be all right. It'll really be all right. And so how do we love each other like Christ loved the church and not be selective about it? See, Jesus said it's easy to love people to love you back. Even lost people do that. Even sinners, even Gentiles, us, do that. It's not so with you. I know I've got to grow in love. I know the Bible teaches me that every person is created in the image of God, and I'm to love that image in them. Does that make sense? And so for me, and I think for all of us, we've got to follow the feeling at a far greater level because I've got to learn to love a lot more. Are y'all with me? Is that, am I the only one heathen in the house? Come on, somebody, y'all help me. I'm going to feel really bad about myself here in just a minute. Don't cry, let Micah finish the message. And so what I do is I just share my heart with you so that you'll see that I don't know everything, I haven't arrived, but we're on this journey of walking with Jesus and learning to love and do the things that he said. For years, I used to say, I don't say it much anymore, I used to say, I wanna build the greatest church this day at Pentecost. And that was easy when nobody heard the sermons 
and nobody followed us online and nobody knew. And now when I say that, there's pastors all across the country who listen on the weekend and that sounds like arrogance and it sounds like I'm competing with other churches. It really is not my spirit. It's, it's not, that's, not, that's not the deal. But for years, I didn't know what that meant. I want to build the greatest church today at Pentecost. What's that look like? How do you know if you cross the finish line? And then that, this day, I read you my journal. December the 5th, 19, uh, 2019, God showed me what building the greatest church today at Pentecost looks like, what Holy Ghost, Heaven Sent Revival looks like in a multi-site, multi-service congregation. It's not the biggest church. It's not the fastest church. It's not the richest church. It's not the church of the most campuses or the most likes on Facebook and all that social media. It's not the one who sells the most books or has the most people on TV. In God's eyes, it's the most loving body of believers. That's what it is. It's the most loving. It's the most united body. We are, God, God is clear. I want you to love each other so that they will know that you're my disciples, so they'll know that I sent you. We have to love each other. And sometimes we're not very lovable, are we? And that's why we got a new commandment because Jesus was the only one that could love the unlovable. Everybody else loved people that love them back. Jesus said, let me show you how to love people that crap all over you. Let me show you how to love people that beat you and crucify you and hate you and want to kill you. Let me show you what agape, unconditional hesed looks like. And if a church would look like that, it would be so attractive to lost people, it'd be ridiculous. Jesus says in John 14, 12 through 16, truly, truly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And what? Greater works than these will he do because I go to the Father. Whatever you ask in my name, I will do so that the Father may be what? Glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. If you love me, you will do what? You'll keep my commandments. God really didn't mean it. You'll keep my commandments. You will do what I wanted you to do. So let me ask you a question. Is it just possible that the greater works that Jesus just talked about in John 14, is it possible that the greater works deals with loving everyone? Because the disciples didn't love everyone. The Pharisees didn't love everyone. Could it be when Jesus said, listen, you're gonna, you're gonna love people like I've loved you and it's gonna be a new greater work than anyone has ever seen. See, here's the deal, church. Unforgiveness. You think that might grieve the Holy Spirit in you? Think that might hurt you? I might destroy your heart? Maybe your witness, maybe it'll foil the filling and following the filling of the Holy Spirit. If you had a water well that you drank from and someone took a dead animal and dropped that animal in your water, would your water be fit to drink? It'd be contaminated. And we've allowed the world to contaminate our hearts and it's destroying the filling of the Holy Spirit because people have hurt us, they've done stuff to us. See here, again, so we begin to doubt. But let, let me just tell you what the enemy does. The enemy knows how to engage us and disengage us from the Holy Spirit. When we choose, as Brandon talked about last week, the feeling, the, the pride and anger and bitterness and all those things instead of following the feeling, Jesus goes on in John chapter 17 and what's called the high priestly prayer. 
but now I come to you. And these things I speak in the world so that they may have my joy made full of themselves. It is the will of God that you walk full of the joy of Jesus. Full. I have given them your word and the world has hated them because they are not of the world. Even as I'm not of the world, I do not ask you to take them out of the world, but to keep them from what? Because the warfare. Keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, even as I'm not of the world. Sanctify them in truth so that your, your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world for their sakes. I sanctify myself that they themselves may also be sanctified in truth. I do not ask on behalf of these alone, but for those who believe in me through their word, that's you and me, that they may all be what? Unity and love, unity and love. Even as you, Father, are in me and I knew that they may also be in us so that the world may believe that you sent me the glory which you have given me, I have given them that they may be what? One, he's praying it multiple times. Listen, he spoke to the widow one time and her dead son got out of the coffin. He spoke to Lazarus one time and that dead body got out of the grave. Multiple times he has to talk about, uh, about unity because unity's harder than resurrection because we are so self-absorbed. I and them and you and me that they may be perfected in what? This is why the body of Christ in America is so fragmented. It's not that we would be perfected in what? And we get on Facebook and we get on social media and preachers bashing each other and hammering each other like they are the Holy Ghost and church police. Jesus said, if they're doing it in my name, leave them alone. We would be perfected in unity so that the world may know that you sent me and love them even as you have loved me. Father, I desire that they also, whom you have given me, but with me, but with me where I am, so that they may see my glory, which you have given me, for you love me before the foundation of the world. Jesus' heart is that we love each other. Did he mean it? And we be one. Did he mean it? What would it look like? What would it look like for a church to be full of unconditional love and unity, purpose, passion, vision? What would it look like? It'd be incredible, wouldn't it? Then the world would say, oh, you know what? Jesus thing must be true. Look at those people. Look at that. In the Colosseum, when the wild dogs or the lions were attacking those Christians, they didn't want to take care of their self. They put the women and children in the middle and they built a wall and they did everything they could do to protect as they were being eaten by wild animals. Look at those people. It wasn't their preaching that transformed the world. It was their living and their love that transformed that first generation. See, we've tried a lot of stuff, faith promise to reach people, to make it hard to go to hell, to grow faith promise. Let's try this. Let's be the most loving people on the planet in Jesus' name. Are you with me? Let's just do that. Let's love everyone and let's let Jesus build his church. Let's love everyone. You say, but that's impossible. Our God specializes in the impossible. He will baptize you with love. He will heal you and walk with you and give you wings of his, the wind of his spirit to lift you up over. Now I got it, there's just one problem. People are uncool. I tell people, I was, I was with a group of pastors a week ago, I said, hey man, sheep bite. People quit ministry because the sheep are mean. Have y'all ever, you do know the sheep bite, don't you? 
Mark Winterton, he's our Grinch pastor at our Fairgate campus. Incredible man of God. He's a cross between the Hulk and Hercules. Just sort of reminds me of me. He's incredible. <laughs> and, and he was sitting in church on the aisle, not faith promise, but he's at another church before he came here. And it was a Christmas, you know, they, how we did. They bring animals, you know, they, they bring, all the sheep were going down the aisle. And Mark is sitting there, mind his own business, smiling. Sheep stops, looks at him. And Mark said, that sheep didn't like me. And the sheep in the middle of the service attacks Mark. Mark now is out of the sheep, out of the sheep, in the, in the aisle, rolling, fighting the sheep. Children are screaming and crying. Mothers are running. They're trying to, and the sheep, they're fighting in the aisle. He said, Pastor, I was hooved in church. Let me tell you what makes it hard love everybody. We've all been hooved by sheep. And we don't love people that hoof us. Find that in the dictionary. Hoof, I don't know how to spell it, H-O-V-E, I'm not sure. But we've all been hooved. See, the love people is only possible with just a baptism of God's love. Jesus washed the disciples' feet. Pastor Josh dealt with it last weekend so incredibly. He washed, he washed Judas's feet while the 30 pieces of silver jingled in his pocket. Before tonight, I'm gonna have you killed. He washed his feet. He looked at Peter, he washed his feet, knowing, even said, Peter, before sunrise, you will deny me three times. You will curse, you will profane, you will swear that you've never even met me. And the rest of you guys, I'm washing your feet. You will run because when the shepherd is struck down, the sheep will run. And he washed their feet. Father, forgive them for they know not what they do to the men who pulled all his skin off and crucified him. Are y'all with me? Does this, does this make sense? See, if we're gonna have supernatural love, man, we've gotta move. Let me, y'all heard of Death Valley? See, Death Valley is the hottest place. Let me show you a picture of this. This is the hottest place in America. Does that look very fertile to you? No rain, hard pan, this is horrible. Yet this is how some of our hearts are because of the abuse and things that have happened to us. This is how we grow. But let me show you, there's, a, there's an agriculture ter term called super bloom. Let me show you what happened to Death Valley. It's the same place, the same picture. What happened? Son of that hard pan were seeds. And when the rain fell, the crop was produced with beautiful flowers. In your heart are seeds of the love of God. But because of the circumstances and what's going on, we've allowed our hearts to grow hard. And what we need, what we need is for the rain to fall. We need to follow the feeling, are you with me? Beyond any shadow of a doubt, this is the will of God for your life. So if you say, Pastor Chris, man, I believe it. I believe it, but I've just had things happen in my life. And I'm just gonna tell you, it's really hard. My life would match more the first picture than the second picture because of what's been done to me. I understand. But if that's you, we wanna pray for you. Would you just stand up right where you are? Just come on. Are we a family? At all of our campuses, come on, just stand right where you are. Say, hey, pray for me. I, 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 I'm, I, wanna, I want that kind of love, but I, I'm just gonna struggle with it. Come on, just, just stand up at all of our campuses. We've all had stuff done to us. Come on, come on. 
I've been, listen, I've tried to be transparent. I've demonized people, staff members, people who have left. I've done it, man, mad. God, we come to you in the strong name of Jesus. And Father, we acknowledge that we are hurt in this world, but none of us hurt to the level of rejection and abuse that our Savior took for us. And by his stripes, we are healed. And so God, would you give a fresh baptism, a wind of the Spirit to flood through here with agape, unconditional, hesed kind of love for everyone, no matter what color they are, no matter what socioeconomic status they have, no matter what part of the world that they're from, no matter what political party they're from, help us love. Fill us, God, with a new baptism is our prayer in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, go ahead and have a seat. Now, some of us, here's the deal. Because we've been rejected by the church of people of the church. We've rejected Jesus, but God demonstrated his love toward us and that while we were yet sinners, Jesus died for us. So God proved his love for you. So my question is, will you receive God's love? Regardless of what you've seen from other people, let's be the church that shows what the love of God looks like. Are you with me? I don't care. I don't care if they walk in with a Democrat or Republican t-shirt. I don't care if they walk in with build a wall or no wall. I don't, I don't care. Those things don't matter. What matters is the love of God flowing out of his people. Are you with me? Are you with me? So maybe you've, you've never given your heart to Jesus. You've never really stepped in by faith and followed him because of what you've seen. And you're ready to step up and be a part of the solution. So if you're ready to give your heart to Jesus, to repent, to turn away from your old life and turn to your new life, he's waiting to save you. So with every head bowed, every eye closed at every campus, pray this prayer with us. We're gonna pray this simple prayer together. Dear Jesus, I know I've sinned. I'm so sorry. Forgive me. Come into my heart. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. You died for me. You loved me. You still love me. Fill me with your love. Help me to give it to other people. In Jesus' name. Now still with heads bowed and eyes closed. If you prayed that prayer with me and say, Pastor, man, I just want you to know I, I took that step of faith today. Just raise your hand. Just me and you. I took that step of faith. All right, cool, cool. Gotcha, cool, cool. Gotcha. All right, gotcha. Okay, you can put them down. Now look up here. Now, those of you at every section, hands were raised. Thank God they're having a party in heaven. We rejoice in that. But I want you to pull the communication card out, put your name, that little biographical stuff, go down to that circle and put, I'm making a decision to follow Jesus. I like to follow him in believer's baptism. And then again, I want to challenge you in stepping into next steps. You can wait and go during the next service, check your kids back in kids ministry, and you can go, love to have you be a part of that, to learn the, the supernatural secrets of, of spiritually walking with God. Now, so if you'll fill those guests, if you'll fill the communication cards out, anything you need, fill them out, put them in the offering buckets. This week in our, in our Bible reading prayer, we read Matthew where Jesus gave us a parable of giving people bags of money. Some he get, he get, one he gave five bags, one he gave four, one he gave one, but he gave everybody money. And then he held them accountable because it was his money to be used for him. And he, the, one who met, the one who doubled it, well done, good and faithful servant. 
Now, what Jesus finally ends up by saying, if you are not faithful in little, I will not give you much. Later, Jesus goes on to say, if you are not faithful with money, who would entrust to you true riches? Because true riches are not money. Come on. There are lots of things more important than money. So I want to challenge you as we bring our tithes and offerings. Many of you have given online. Man, thank God for you, but let's just be faithful. Our ushers are going to come. I'm going to pray. And man, we're just going to obey God. And we're going to be faithful stewards. Remember the garden? All that money that you have? You say, well, I'm giving God his 10%. Well, actually, it's all God. You just, you just give 10% of it. So God, I just pray right now for those who are about to give for the first time. Pray you'll bless in a powerful way. Pray for those who have been given for decades, that God, you'll bless them beyond their wildest dreams, open to the winds of heaven, part of blessing such they can't contain it. God, we absolutely look for you to do an incredible thing. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said, come on, give him praise as we get to give.